I love that song. Actually, in, in all the many colors and all the many people. And of course, the hymn that we're talking about in the song was Baby Jesus. And in unity, we recognize that Baby Jesus represents that Christ that's within us. So I want you to look around and I want you to see that Christ life. In all the many faces, in all of its diversity, right here, right now in this community with us. That's what we're called to be and to do. So last week, our conversation was on the idea of peace and finding your way to be that peace no matter what was happening in life around you. How many of you took the opportunity to practice that last week? I don't know about you, but I had such an abundance of opportunity yet again to practice that idea. So, in order to give you an opportunity to inspire others within this community of how you are taking these ideas, practicing them, living into them in order to experience some kind of new understanding, some moment of transformation, some new insight, I'm inviting you that have practiced last week that would like to share to let me know you'd like to share now. So I was at the doctor's office this week and got my results back from my biopsy, and they were not what I was hoping for. But I decided this was not going to define who I am. And it just gives me a chance to pivot my consciousness, and I know that this is the perfect place that I need to be for my next step in healing. And awareness the presence of God within me, and that that has all power, and this has none. Yes. Yes, James. Thank you. So what do we do in a moment like this, right, to be this community that is James' spiritual community? We don't hold James in this place of, oh, James, I'm so sorry. We hold it in the place of, of course, James is whole right here, right now, and that is his true nature, and we are going to stand in faith with him that that is what's being demonstrated and expressed. That's what it is to be love, wisdom, and community expressing together. So, thank you, James. Yeah, giving us an opportunity. Anybody else want to share about that piece last week? Oh, Shirley. Okay, so I was at Heinen's, and I was at the deli counter, and you know deli counters always have a million people, so you had to wait and wait and wait. I finally get up there, and I was in a hurry because I had things to prepare for a party, and, and I thought, great, I have to wait. So I ordered salami, right? <laughs> and they didn't have the salami that I wanted, so the young man had to go back and get it, so now this is taking more time, and I'm... And I'm getting a little little annoyed, but then this young man turned out to be so friendly, and he said, you know, while I'm slicing this, he said, what, what is exciting is happening in your life today? <laughs> and he was just, just overly friendly, and so we're chatting back and forth, and, and I told him what I was doing that night, and I said, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm not doing very much because literally I'm broke. And he, he said, I don't have money to do anything. And so I had my list out, and when he handed me my salami, I was marking with my pen, I was marking off the salami, because I was doing these little roll-up things. And he said, oh, I love your pen. 
He said, he said, you just keep that away from me. You know, he's kidding. Aww. And this was a pen that the top part of the pen has glitter in it, so when it moves, and I had just gotten it. And I looked at him, and I said, I said, you really like this pen? He said, oh, he said, oh, yeah. And I said, it's yours. Aww. And I gave it to him, and he looked at me, and he said, really? I said, yeah, really. He said, are you sure? I said, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> and I just walked around the store after that just grinning because he was so happy and with just this little gesture. And he made me so happy because he calmed me down and he was just as friendly as could be. I love that. I love that story. Everybody can relate, right? They relate to that. What I loved about the two stories is it's like, the most mundane thing, I'm at the deli counter getting my groceries, and I have to practice here because this is challenging, to the most, you know, out of the ordinary, not necessarily out of the ordinary, but a challenging thing, right? Getting a diagnosis that you're not expecting or not hoping to get, and that you can practice, like, all of that in between, right? Every moment provides us with an opportunity to practice. So thank you for sharing a mundane opportunity to practice. So we're moving on today to our third Sunday of Advent in which our focus is on love. And we've been following along with the song, right? Do you hear what I hear? And so today's is, do you know what I know? Right? And it's this call from the shepherd boy to the mighty king. In your palace, warm mighty king. Do you know what I know? A child, a child is shivering in the cold. Let us bring him silver and gold. Do you know what I know? And so as we get into this conversation, I have been sharing with you each week how each of the Gospels shows up with this story of Jesus' birth in different ways. So the Gospel of Mark that we looked at the first week that didn't even have a birth narrative in it. And the Gospel of Matthew last week that was really for that Jewish perspective that this was like the second Moses coming along that Jesus was and the example of that within that story. And then this week we come to the Gospel of Luke. And the Gospel of Luke contains a lot of those elements that we know, right? It's in the Gospel of Luke that Elizabeth finds out she's pregnant after years of being childless, right? And that Mary comes to Elizabeth and the baby in Elizabeth's Elizabeth's womb leaps because it recognizes the baby that's in Mary's womb as Jesus, right? And in unity... What we teach is that John the Baptist, that came before Jesus, who so fully demonstrated the Christ, John the Baptist represents our intellect. Our intellect. But the thing is that while unity acknowledges that our intellect is a divine gift of God that we should use to think and to reason and all of those things, the intellect is not the final authority. It's what comes first. But then we get to the place where a new authority opens up. That is what Jesus represented, the child in Mary's womb, right? The leaping was the recognizing of the intellect that now this spiritual understanding is opened within me and that that spiritual understanding is what I use to inform my intellect from this point forward. It's in the Gospel of Luke that we find the story of Mary and Joseph making their way to Bethlehem. We're told that, you know, Caesar Augustus and and Quirinius have required this census that needs to be taken 
keeping in mind that this is the power of the government at that time, right? Caesar Augustus and Quirinius, this is that worldly power out there. And to this world is now going to be born this baby. And it is in that story that the shepherds in their fields are out washing their flock and the angels come, inviting them to realize, to understand that this baby is born. All of that comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, which was written from the perspective of whoever Luke was that wrote this Gospel, right? Nobody really knows that for certain. But what scholars say is that they, they believe, they, they've come to agreement, that Luke was likely someone who uh, walked with Paul after Paul was converted on the road to Damascus. And that likely Luke was speaking to those Gentiles who were coming to understand this way that was being spoken about, that Jesus so fully came to show us how to live, that they, the Gentiles were now beginning to convert to being the followers of the way. And it was to those Gentiles that Luke is writing his gospel. Right? Those Gentiles that would have acknowledged Caesar Augustus as the king. And as the king would have acknowledged him as being the son of God, because that's what the kings were at that time. That's who Luke is appealing to. And so the third chapter of Luke, we're now beyond the birth story that we all know and that we all love. The third chapter of Luke is where we actually get into the genealogy again of Jesus. Remember, last week in Matthew, I shared the genealogy of Jesus. And so it's in the third chapter of Luke that we hear another genealogy, and they, they don't quite match up. This is how it starts. Now, Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son, so it was thought, of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi. And then we go through all of these generations. And in the Gospel of Matthew last week, where did it end? Anybody remember? David, right? It ended with, you know, he was a, it was showing that he was a descendant of David. That was important to the Jews of that time because the, the Messiah was going to be a descendant of David. But in this particular one, in Luke, where we're speaking now to a different audience, a Gentile audience, it doesn't stop at David. It keeps going on until we get to the end that says, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch the son of Jared, the son of Mahalel, the son of Kenan, the son of Enoch, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. So it takes Jesus' lineage all the way back to Adam. Right? Adam as the original son of God. The original begotten of God. Now in unity, we know that we are the story of humankind, each of us individually, is our own story, of moving from this Adam-man, which is humanity, which is intellect, and it is moving us through our life until we realize and recognize that we are the Son of God. You'll forgive the masculine language. That's just the way it is in the Scripture, right? The sons, the daughters of God, the spirits of God, right? That we are that. We are the Christ. That's what it's calling for us to remember. 
And so this is what we celebrate in unity. Do you know what I know? You and I are the very sons and daughters of the divine here to express our own unique selves. And how do we do that? Whoever it was that wrote that Gospel of Luke, it's clear to biblical scholars that the same person wrote the Acts of the Apostles, which is the book that follows those four Gospels. And that the Acts of the Apostles was written to share the story of the followers of the way after Jesus died. Right? So here we have the same person written the Gospel of Luke telling us the story of Jesus. And in the Gospel of Luke, the story of Jesus is very much about the wisdom teachings, um, love, compassion, forgiveness, understanding, justice. And then the, the acts are written. As, and here's how we come together in community to be this, to practice this way. Because what I'm really clear about in my own study of of the Gospels and whatnot, is that Jesus' teachings were not a solitary teaching that we only took in and developed ourselves and it never went out beyond us into our relationships, that Jesus' teachings were about relationships, about gathering in community, about recognizing the Christ within everybody within that community. You know what I know? That's what Unity Spiritual Center is about. That's why we gather together. Because we have committed to here at Unity Spiritual Center to be followers of the way that Jesus taught us. We commit to that. We commit to understanding the ideas that he gave us so that we, like him, remember he said, all of these things and greater than these can you do. He said, I'm the light of the world, but guess what, Christy? You're the light of the world. Right? He came to show us how to walk the way of expressing that Christ. So I go back to the song. Do you know what I know? Said the shepherd boy to the mighty king. Think that story, right? The mighty king, the power of this world. In your palace, warm, mighty king. And I would invite each of us to realize that that song is talking to us. Where is your palace warm? Where is your place of where you're comfortable? Where is your place of comfortability that you're not even necessarily allowing yourself to see where love might be extended? In your palace warm, mighty king. Do you know what I know? There's a child shivering in the cold and we need to bring him silver and gold and that child is that innocent Christ spirit that is within each and every one of us, even within those ones that are the hardest for us to see. You know what I know? Get out of your comfort zone and let's bring gifts of silver and gold. And what does the silver and gold represent? In the revealing word, Charles Kilmore tells us that the silver and gold brought by the Magi represents love and wisdom. 
So let us bring love and wisdom to one another here in this community where we are committed to walking that way that Jesus showed us so that we can reveal the Spirit of God within each and every one that comes here and in the process create the kingdom of heaven here on earth in community. It's a story of of hope, that love and wisdom. And so how do we do that together? How do we do that together? Well, you know, as a community, we have agreed that what we will do is see one another as the unique and divine expressions of God that we are and encourage each one to share themselves from your uniqueness. That's what you're here to do. Here we take on the idea that we are called to be love in action, honoring the divine within all. Here we are called to create a community that is love and acceptance in action. Now, for the most part, we do really good at this. I want you to catch, we do really good at this. One of the biggest things that I hear is people come for the first time and walk through those doors as I felt so at. Right? Because you all felt it when you came in those doors for the first time. And some people will say, I felt so loved and I felt so accepted. Yeah, that's what we want you to feel. But has anybody that's been here for a while felt something less than love and acceptance at any point in time at Unity Spiritual Center? Not too many hands. I don't know if I believe you. Here's my thought. Maybe you need to get more involved. And I say that lightly. Michelle. (laughs) You feel it, Michelle? Yeah, because if you get involved here, guess what? We are all human beings making our way, trying to integrate the spiritual into our lives, and we don't always get it right. Okay. We get to practice with one another. And you find that you get to do that when you get more involved, when you get on teams, when people on teams don't necessarily agree, and you've got to figure your way through, right? That's why I say get involved, and maybe you'll have more opportunity, and that's a gift. Listen, it's not about avoiding the tension. It's not about avoiding the conflict. It's not about avoidance. In your palace, warm, mighty king is avoidance. Let's come out of those comfort zones. Let's come out of that. And let's interact with one another. Let's learn how to do that together because here is a community of people willing to do that with you. Isn't that a gift? And so this is what we commit to with one another, and it shows up in lots of different ways. I was sharing with someone, well, actually, somebody was sharing with me last week, um, you know, Joanne, when you invite those kids up, not everybody likes that. Yeah? (laughs) And? (laughs) Like, I didn't know that? Oh, no, of course. I get it. Not everybody likes that, right? When we invite the kids and their chaos and their confusion and they're behind me and you're trying to listen and you're probably like, oh my gosh, why does she do that? Let the children come to me, Elizabeth. Absolutely. We welcome them. We see the bright Christ light in them. And we recognize that if our buttons are pushed by their being here on this stage, it's our gift to practice. Period. 
time? You'll notice that uh, there was a conversation that I heard about how do um, people know when they walk through your doors that children are welcomed in your community? And so you might notice when you walk out these doors today that we now have a love quilt that was created by the children and some of you. And Scott put it together into this beautiful quilt reminding us to come as a child, to be that love and wisdom. And the children are welcoming us. Love and acceptance is what we practice with one another as the way of Christ as the followers of the way. Now, here's some good news. If you read Acts, what you'll find out is that that early community, the followers of the way, they all had to commit to something. You ready? They had to commit to giving all of their material wealth to that way. Everybody got your pocketbooks with you today? We don't ask you to do that, right? We don't ask you to give everything. But we do ask you to consider what it is that you would like to support generously because of what you've gotten here. As followers of the way, you recognize the importance of this community and the importance of having this community here. Can you see it with me 20 years from now? 50 years from now? Can you see it 100 years from now? Because we have supported it generously with our giving and our generosity so that it can be here to the followers of the way a hundred years from now. And so we commit to this together. This is part of our love and our wisdom coming together as community. And we agree to work through these things with one another. Now, why am I sharing all of that with you? The reason is twofold. Because I really do see that Jesus invited us to be in relationship and be in community and to practice with one another. And I think we have the most amazing spiritual community here to do that. And I'm grateful to all of you who show up in the yes of that. And sometimes we also open that up when somebody's ready to welcome someone into membership. That's ready to commit to that way outwardly. And so today, I want to invite Elizabeth Figueroa up because we are welcoming Elizabeth as a new member into Unity Spiritual Center. And so one of the things that we do when we welcome new members is we invite not only the member, but also all of us to speak out the covenant that we share with one another to be that love and that wisdom and expression with one another and to set our intentions for what that looks like. And so, uh, because I promised Elizabeth she didn't have to come up and talk, (laughs) at least not all by herself, we're going to all say this covenant together. Whether you're a member or not, I want you to take this in. Is this something you could get excited about? Is this something you could get behind? And let's all speak it aloud with Elizabeth as we recommit to our community covenant. So all together, I understand and align with the basic teachings of unity. I understand that Unity Spiritual Center is based on the life and teachings of Jesus and expressed through the indwelling Spirit of Christ. I make my spiritual unfoldment and relationship with God a priority in my life. 
I do my part to support this center's mission to empower all to embrace and express the divine as we contribute our unique gifts in an evolving world. I do my part to support the center's vision of being love in action, honoring the divine within all. I join my community in participating in the creation of a loving, accepting atmosphere. I extend myself with love and warmth to newcomers, to my church home, and to those people attending whom I do not know. I include the center in my daily prayer life. I include the center in my financial planning, establishing regular giving extended joyfully and lovingly. I serve as a volunteer, thereby demonstrating the value of selfless service to others. I speak with constructive purpose about the center and my fellow congregants. If I experience personal upset with the center or a congregant, I seek guidance from spirit, then speak with and resolve any upset with the persons involved. I recognize that my presence and participation at the center's services and activities is a contribution and gift that enhances the experience for all. I join my community in making attendance a priority. Together with my community, I commit to co-creating with God the ongoing dynamic life of Unity Spiritual Center Westlake. I recognize that we help the center to expand its programs and services. As our community thrives, it blesses and serves thousands of others like myself. I join my community in honoring the spirit in me and the spirit at work through our congregation. This is the covenant that we enter into together. This is the covenant that Elizabeth is making formally today as she becomes a member. And I want to take the time to acknowledge that by anointing Elizabeth. And so I'm wondering if there is a member of our community that would like to come up as a current member, anointing and seeing this new member as that spirit of Christ that they are. So I'm going to go get the anointing oil, and I trust by the time I get back, someone will have come forward. Thank you, Peggy. So, Peggy, you are just acknowledging as as this membership, right, that this is how we see you, Elizabeth. And an anointing in unity is a pouring out in love. It's a pouring out in love. And so I'm just going to warn you, sister, see how open it is there. So it's going to pour out quickly, this love. (laughs) And I'm going to invite you, Peggy, to anoint Elizabeth on her forehead. As we acknowledge that Elizabeth is making that commitment to move beyond the intellectual knowing to the next level, which is spiritual understanding from living from that Christ presence and allowing that Christ love wisdom within to be that which guides the intellect. And then I'm going to invite Peggy to anoint Elizabeth's hand because we know that then there is work to do. The work of being love and wisdom in expression. And we see Elizabeth's hands poured, this love poured out of her, onto her hands knowing that she will use these hands to be that love 
And to be that wisdom that she is. We've poured our love upon Elizabeth through this anointing. Thank you, Peggy. And if you want to come back and join me, what we're going to do is now bless Elizabeth as a community. So I'm going to have you come join me. Elizabeth, you're up there all by yourself now. And we're going to do a unity blessing. And the unity blessing is, Elizabeth, we love you, we bless you, we appreciate you, and we behold the Christ of you. So all together. Elizabeth, we love you, we bless you, we appreciate you, and we behold the Christ as you. Thank you. And Elizabeth, I've got your membership stuff here, and you don't have to give it back to me after this time. Now yours to keep. And I want you to join me in welcoming Elizabeth as our newest member of Unity Spiritual Center. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you. <laughs> okay. We practice. And we recognize the gift that the practice is. So we have a practice for this week, just like we do every week. It's in your bulletin. And it's all about being that love, being that wisdom. As you move about your day, be in the question of what does love look like here? Choose to be that love in action this week. And now here, catch this one. Especially in those moments when you would rather not. And I want you to remember in those moments the line to come out of our palace warm. Come out of your palace warm. Do you know what I know? Come out of your palace warm. Turn to someone that's next to you. And say, I see you coming out of your palace warm this week. I see you coming out of your palace warm this week. Yeah. And now let us bring to one another, to that light of God that is within one another, love and wisdom through our thoughts, through our words, through our actions. Who's with me? Yay. Now, if you want more information about serving Unity Spiritual Center because you know that you need that opportunity to experience, you know, that, see me. We'll find a place for you. There's plenty of places to serve. And if this service has reminded you, oh, I didn't realize you could become a member of Unity Spiritual Center, see me. And we'll make sure that happens too. God bless.